Welcome back to another episode of Sweet Script Stories. I'm Eric Grubaugh. And I'm Tim Dietrich. And today we have a special guest joining us. TJ Cornelius is the founder of Sweet Rep. Uh, TJ, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So uh, we, you and I have talked a few times over the last uh, six months or so, and we brought you on this time to talk about um, service variation in a NetSuite sort of sweet script team or firm, basically offering services, providing deliverables to clients other than code, other than NetSuite customizations. Um, but before we get to that, I think Tim would like to talk about your background a little bit. Yeah, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and I, it looks like your first exposure to NetSuite was at, I think it's Bob Jones University. That's where you went to college, right? Yes, that's correct. What was yeah. your major and how did you end up, you know, working there to the point that you were exposed to NetSuite? So my, um, I actually had a, a non, uh, technical major. It was, um, it was youth ministries, um, but I, I worked in the IT department through undergrad when I was at Bob Jones. And then um, when I graduated, I got a GA ship working in the service desk. So just doing random computer troubleshooting things. Um, and then um, I went on staff at Bob Jones, um, managing business applications, and then eventually became the supervisor, uh, over that team. And, and that's when the university was, um, in the process of implementing NetSuite. And I was told that I was going to be the NetSuite guru. So, so that was my, um, that's when I dove in to NetSuite um, and then did that for maybe three to four years at the university um, while still supporting other business applications as well. And then during that, during that time is when I started helping other companies uh, who are using NetSuite, um, and that's how SuiteRep was was founded. So. Interesting. I looked at the website for SuiteRep, and it looks like you've built a pretty impressive team there. You've got, I think, what you and is it Stephen, Joseph, and Ben? I think. Yes, that's correct. And yeah, and then um, some other uh, contractors on the side, and and looking at at um, hiring on a, a new NetSuite developer within the next two weeks. So how did you, how did the team form? How did you end up meeting those guys? Sure, so most of them are, are good friends. Um, Steven Lemp, I knew really well when I was in, in college. He came in as a freshman when I was a senior and I just took it upon myself to help him. <laughs> um, and so we, we became really, really great friends. He was a computer science major. Um, 
and then when I was work when I had started Sweet Rep, um, I started training him on the side, um, getting him into into sweet scripting. So so that that's basically where where Sweet Rep started and and then just started growing from there. I see. Interesting. Do you like hitting up a team like that? I mean, obviously that's not doesn't sound like that was what your original goal was, but yeah, what, what's that like? Yeah, well, um, it was my goal to build a team. And I, I feel very fortunate that I was able to build at least the core, the core team with um, people that I knew well. And there, um, you know, definitely some, some benefits to that. Um, but also a lot of the, the, there could be, um, potential drawbacks in general, when you think of working with people, you know, really well. Um, and, but we've never run into any issues at all. So that's been, that's been really, really great. But one of the benefits that I've found in in working with um, people basically from the ground up in learning NetSuite, because most, um, actually, I think everyone that's on the team was almost brand new to NetSuite when they started working with us. And one of the biggest benefits I am seeing from that is there isn't any bad habits or um, baggage that is brought into the team from somewhere else. Um, we're able to handle the way we, we do things and we're able to focus on really high quality work. Um, and right out of the gate, we're able to, to train um, new employees to do the same thing as well. So that's been a huge benefit. That sounds like it. That's pretty cool. I also noticed from your site that you guys have a somewhat unique pricing model. You have like you have membership plans, and then you've got an like an on-demand hourly option. How did you end up doing that? Like, what led you to this to that sort of membership type of offering? So it, it's been our pricing has morphed over the years as we have seen what works and what, what doesn't work. Um, and one of the main driving points behind how we set up our, our pricing is with um, making it easy to start working with a customer um, where, where they, they don't feel like there is a huge commitment on their end, like getting locked into a year or um, or some some huge commitment where they can just start working with us and if they don't like working with us and they can stop um, because we do want to give high quality work so as we um, worked through our pricing um, everything used to be purely based on hours and um, and just on demand, as we did the work, we would 
bill for the work. Um, but we wanted to set up a, a system where, where we could have an ongoing relationship with customers. Um, and that's where we, we started doing the membership pricing where we, we could have more of a, uh, a closely knit relationship with the customer um, where they, they knew that we were giving a certain amount of effort toward helping them every month. Um, and I think that helps a lot with long-term relationship um, as well as um, as well as for the business, it gives us a lot of, it gives us regular income that we know is coming in every month. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so, and we do still offer on demand, but um, what, what we started doing with almost every, all of our clients is for those that are not on memberships, we do everything as a fixed cost or value-based cost. And then, you know, smaller tasks and odd and things are still, uh, are still based on an on-demand price, but, mm -hmm. but we have the flexibility of, of setting a cost based, based on what a project is worth um, or how long a project should take from a um, from someone who is competent in in performing the the project in a in providing a high quality solution. Um, and the reason we do that is so that um, I'm sure this has happened to you in the past where you estimate, um, let's take a small project, you estimate 15 hours to do something small and, and then it ends up taking you um, two hours to get it done. And, you know, may, maybe, and, and, that's be, and that's because of, of your expertise in a specific area, where if you weren't, if you hadn't done that over and over and over again in the past, it would have taken you 15 hours to do. Um, mm. But that that started happening happening to us a lot um, as we got a lot of experience in a lot of of areas in, in NetSuite, and um, and so it, it just ended up being where we were we're undercharging what a project is worth just because it took us. 10 times faster to do it than it used to because you got better at it and faster at it. Yeah. Then you started right. making less. I could almost hear yes. Eric's the, the gears in Eric's head spinning <laughs> remotely. Cause I, this is something he feels really strongly about so that you're, I think you're pushing all his buttons here in, in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> the Eric run with it for a bit. This is awesome. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm super interested in, the, so as you made this transition, as you've sort of adjusted your pricing models and then just the types of services you offer, have you seen clients, you know, have your clients been uh, amenable to those transitions? Have you, 
have you had to like drop old clients to, and make new ones? How has that transition been in terms of your client base? So that has gone very smoothly with a lot of our clients. Um, there are several that we have not quite switched over yet and, and are still figuring out the best way. Um, there's one in particular that is um, just to not give specifics, I won't, I won't mention any locations, but is, is outside of the US. And so um, as far as how much we, we charge at the, the hourly rate is, has been a lot lower. Sure. And if we were to just automatically bring that rate to our current on-demand rate, um, it might be difficult to, to keep that, that client on. Right. But moving to a fixed cost, um, that's something that that client would, is very open to. And because then it takes hours out of the, the picture and, and they're looking at it based on, um, how, based on what the value is to them for that project. It's, uh, and I'm really curious to, to how the transition has changed, if, if it has, sort of the way your business operates. I think what you normally see when you always bill by the hour, especially with such a small team, there is this like hyper-focused, almost manic uh, uh, effort to get new clients. Like we need new clients. We need new projects. We need a massive pipeline. Like we always have to be filling the pipeline. We need to be hiring salespeople. Then we need to hire more developers to, you know, to attack that pipeline. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like just based on sort of the way you're talking about your practice, it doesn't seem like you have that. Why is that? Uh, well, we, um, or maybe you do, and I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the the first maybe I think we have half of what you said. So we we don't we don't have a huge uh, we don't have a huge sales. Um, actually, we we don't really do sales mm -hmm. at all. So so we're not always looking to find new customers. Um, a lot of clients will will come to us. And so as we get that work, then that, that enables us to grow the team. So there, there are times where we are super busy and, and we, and we look at expanding the team, um, to meet those needs, but with it being from the financial perspective with, with doing a lot more with, uh, fixed costs, that puts that it, it puts a lot less stress on having to have the just the quantity of hours always there to be able to um, meet payroll and make a profit. Mm -hmm. So, so in a sense, that that takes that removes that burden 
a little bit. I'm not sure. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, okay. that's definitely part. I want to, I promise I'll get to our topic eventually, but this is, <laughs> this is like a very fascinating thing for me. Uh, yeah. You said clients come to you. How, why, how do, how do clients find you? Where does your business come from then? Sure. So, um, there is a mix between, uh, referrals and people seeing our content on LinkedIn and reaching out, uh, for help in a certain area or to just help them in their net suite support in general. And so, so basically our only marketing effort is in keeping up with content that we put on our website to, to boost the SEO for that, um, as well as putting content on LinkedIn and building a presence there. Um, I know that's how there, I found you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there have been a couple times that we did some trial runs with um, Google ads. And from what we've seen this far is, is it's not really, it's not really worth the money because it, it you know, just building, building a presence in a community where you, you know, that your ideal customers are seeing content all the time um, is a lot more effective and it's free. So I was actually going to mention that my next question to you was going to be around your blog, which, you know, first of all, you, you guys are very prolific. It, is, you're, it seems like you're always blogging and you've got really great content. Um, it's just really well done. So my, my hat's off to you there. It's just, it's awesome to, to see it. Um, and it sounds like you're, what you're seeing as far as like getting business is similar to what I'm seeing, which is if you play your cards right, it comes to you versus you chasing it down, you know, whether you're spending money on Google AdWords or I, I don't know, I don't know what other people do, but it's just sort of the more like sort of a passive approach to marketing and very organic, you know? Yeah. And it's a lot more enjoyable to, yeah. it's a lot more enjoyable to, to give away useful information that, you know, is helping other people mm -hmm. than it is to constantly say, you know, here's my products, you know, buy my services. Um, you know, it might just be me that I'm, I'm not I'm not a salesperson at all. So I help. I, I hate going into um, a conversation and and saying, you know, and, and and trying to sell them on on something. I'd rather, um, you know, just give give away a lot of information, and and then people will um, understand the the type of work we do, and if they need help, then they're going to reach out. Okay pre-sold by the time they even reach out to you i think you know yeah. that's kind of what i've seen so yeah it's great very cool yeah so so i think that's a really good transition into talking about sort of yeah not convincing people to buy your services but just mm -hmm. 
letting people know what you do and sharing that openly means that the people who do come to you, uh, you know they need help. You know you can have a, a really big impact on them. So other than sort of the typical NetSuite customization work, so writing code, building workflows, custom records, whatever, mm-hmm. what are the other things that you offer when you do have clients coming to you? So some of the things we've done are, um, I can think of at least a couple clients that we did this for, um, is, is where a client will receive a huge SOW from another partner. And, um, and they want to just make sure all the numbers look accurate. And so we have done SOW audits, um, not necessarily, and, and our, our goal is, is, is never in that, in that situation, our goal is never to, to try to say, oh, you're way overpaying for this and we can give this to you at a much, uh, at a much lower cost. Sure. Um, I think if, if that were our goal, then we wouldn't be giving them the, the service they're actually needing or wanting. Um, but what we do is, is we will do an audit and give them specific information around certain parts of the, of the project, um, and why, or why, um, or, and, and why the, the cost is accurate or, or why the cost might not be, um, as accurate, um, taking into account what all is involved or will need to be involved for that project. Or maybe saying, you know, there, um, you know, that there's a, a better way to do something that will save a lot of time. So, so that gives them, um, leverage to, to then go back to their partner and bring some of those points and, and kind of negotiate, negotiate there. Um, cause especially when it, when they've had a long, um, let's say they're in the middle of an implementation. Um, like for instance, there is, there is one company that had a pretty large company that had spent, uh, $500,000 on the implementation and they had, um, and, and they were just over halfway done. And, and the partner um, sent them a list of what was left and it was 400,000 more. Um, in that situation, probably one of the worst things for that company to do is to, is to jump away from, from their partner who's you know, been involved with them for you know, probably over a year at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and come to us because we would have to, you know, do a lot of, you know, start over and figure out where things are and learn the, um, a lot of times it doesn't make, make sense to, to, to ditch a, a previous partner. And right. so that's not something we would try to, um, to recommend. So, so that's one thing we do is, is SOW or we've done several of those, mm-hmm. um, 
something else we've done that is similar, um, but not having to do with um, a company working with a different partner, um, but just looking at their the, the way their current business process is running and specifically how their process is running through um, NetSuite or related to NetSuite um, and then make recommendations on how things can be improved or, or automated um, to, to save time or, or to make their business more scalable and maintainable in the long term. So in that case, you're, you're looking for like inefficiencies in like the correct. processes. Yeah. 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 That's correct. Do you yeah. There, there's go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. You finish your oh, I, I was just going to say that there's, um, an, an example of that is there was, um, a company that we just helped do, uh, work through a, uh, going through um, one of their processes from start to finish, and and they they had a lot of they had a lot of things. Well, they, they, they there's just a lot of different types of orders that come into their company, and and they had a lot of other systems involved other than NetSuite, and so it's working with you know, how things talk to each other and how something might go into Salesforce and then get pushed into NetSuite. Um, and so a lot of what I was doing um, is, is just figuring out what's another better way to, to set up that process to be able to have timely information um, in NetSuite and accurate information and, you know, something that's not just, um, you know, put in there updated once a week or once a month uh, from a different system. And so that's just an example, but that's the, the type of thing we would do with um, a business process analysis. I see. So what I was going to ask is you also ever get involved in like actually doing requirements analysis for a, a potential client or client that is considering NetSuite? Are you ever, ever involved in that stage? Not for clients that are considering NetSuite. Um, we, we have been involved to some extent with, with um, implementations um, but we we usually engage with clients after it's been implemented, um, or if like there, there's one client that is has decided to self-implement, and so we're the we're just there doing handholding and just taking charge of a lot of the the tasks for setting things up. Um, so in, in that to to your question about uh, working with um, fig figuring out re requirements. Um, in those cases, that does come up where we 
understand that they need something or, or they're, they're wanting um, that there's an end goal they have in mind and how they need to uh, run their business. And, and, and what we will help with is, is just help them understand the, the capabilities and, and what can be done natively or what can be added on that can help them get to their end goal. So they've already decided on that suite. They're in the process of yeah. implementing it and there's some functionality that they need that you then, it's almost like a, yes. a smaller uh, requirements analysis. Then yeah, that, that's interesting. So I have a, a similar question to be it's as before, but you mentioned several several things, you know, services other than code, and you mentioned that you've done them multiple times, which would imply that they're good, they're beneficial to your business and to your clients. Um, what are some of the maybe the benefits that you've seen out of offering other services, and then maybe also some of the the drawbacks? Okay, for, um, actually, let me touch base on some of the drawbacks first, sure. because that when, when I first started, when we first started um, just offering any services in, in NetSuite, that's, that's something that we had to think about, um, or I at least was thinking about a lot. And um, one of the drawbacks with having multiple services is, is you're, you're trying to do everything and you're not really an expert in any one thing. And so starting, starting out, we decided that, that our main focus was going to be, um, NetSuite developing where it was around um, scripting, doing, doing technical things in NetSuite. Um, because we wanted to be, uh, we saw that there was a need for that and that was, there was a demand for it. Um, and we wanted to become experts at, um, at doing that. And, but then over the last several years, as that's been our, our focus, um, we had never, um, if there was something that was outside of that, I don't think we've turned it down unless it was um, something like, um, like e-commerce. Um, we're, we're not wanting to get into the e-commerce net suite e-commerce advanced. Um, but that would be one instance where, yeah, we, we could add another service and say, you know, we, we do um, e-commerce advanced implementation and work, but, you know, that would really be sp spreading ourselves thin. And, um, but as we, as we got a lot systems of various um, types, different different types of companies, um, like working with 
working with software companies and manufacturing companies and wholesale and distribution. Um, we ended up getting a lot of experience around those specific processes, which then opened the door to being able to add other services around, um, around those, those specific processes, like, like doing a, a business process analysis um, where, where we could engage with the customer and be competent at what we were doing. Um, and, and so that, that's when we started adding the services. So, so a, a drawback to summarize that would be, um, spreading ourselves thin and doing too much and not really being an expert at any one thing. Um, so we're, we're trying to add services. Um, we're trying to be careful at, at how, how much we add at once. The benefit would be that we are able to work with a, a wider variety of customers um, because customers' needs vary from customer to customer. Um, we have some customers that are uh, where no one in the company, where everyone in the company is brand new to NetSuite. And, and so we are doing, and they don't have a NetSuite admin and we're, so we're doing basically all the NetSuite support and um, just everything. And, and those are, those are our ideal membership companies. Right. And then there are some companies that have a NetSuite administrator um, or NetSuite guru that knows everything about NetSuite. And, and what we provide there is just more of the technical expertise and, and scripting. Um, and then, and, and there's actually um, at least one company that has a NetSuite developer, but for whatever reason, they still use us to do development. Um, so the needs of the of companies vary. Um, and so being able to offer a variety of services enables us to, to work with a, a wider variety of, of companies, um, which could be could be good or bad, it, it gives us more work to do. Um, but then we feel more of the growing pains of with the work and, and having to um, provide resources for that work. The eternal tension of being busy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are, so are there any other, are there any other benefits you've seen? So, I mean, certainly I, I mean, I have lots of opinions on pricing strategies and service variation. I'm trying not to inject too much. Yeah. Uh, so are there other uh, yeah, so, advantages to um, this or disadvantages? Yeah. So I, I like to think of, um, as far as pricing is concerned with having various services, I like to think of it as investing when you're investing in the stock market, um, you're not putting all your money into one stock, but you're, or even one type of stock, 
um, that you're being more diversified and some will do better and others won't do as well. Um, and at times that, that can change. And so with having different, different services, um, like with, with our memberships, the, it comes out per hour lower than what it would end up being if everything was a fixed cost. Um, but that's one thing that, that gives us um, regular income coming in from that company every month. Um, with, with fixed costs, um, that allows us to have, to, to provide a service, um, and, and charge the value for how much a project is worth. Um, but then enables us to do something in uh, a lot quicker if we have that expertise. Um, so we're able to get a lot more margin on some of those um, fixed cost type um, services. And with, with our um, with services that aren't, you know, just straight uh, developing or customizing um, that are around analysis, um, we will automatically charge um, more for those because those are, um, you know, so that, that's not something that, that can be just outsourced to a, a cheap developer somewhere. Um, that does take, you know, that requires having a lot of that expertise already. And, and so we're able to charge more for that. Um, so the benefit of just having a, a diverse um, service offering, it, it just gives us those different types of, um, uh, it gives us a variety of, of how we charge and how much income comes in based on the, the project. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's great. I, I would agree with all those benefits. Uh, they're the same ones I see and advocate for. What about from the client's perspective? Are there benefits for your clients to you, to these, you know, your, whether it's your fixed cost models or your, the sort of subscription type model memberships or, and then also having these service variations, what are the benefits that your clients see or that you believe they see? Yeah, so um, with, with the memberships, one benefit they see is is that they know for sure that we have allocated um, time, a certain amount of time to helping them every month. Um, with, with fixed cost, one benefit they see is that they don't have to worry about something going over budget for them. Um, and, and it also gives them a, um, a cleaner picture into what is being done in a project because now we are, um, for all fixed costs, we're creating SOWs and because we have to specify exactly 
what the solution is we're we're handing over to them um, that's included in, in that fixed cost. Um, otherwise, you know, otherwise scope creep will just take over. And um, and it'll be end up, you know, looking like it's a lot, it's it's way over budget than what they budgeted. Um, even though half of what we did was not in the original um, project scope. So, so that that's one. So it, it gives um, transparency and to them into uh, what what needs to be done, what specifics need to be done in every project, um, and allows them to um, to have a clear financial picture as they budget things on their end, uh, where they can they can put a project directly into their budget and they know that that project and what's being delivered is that the cost is not going to change. Um, and if something needs to be added on, then that would be a separate SOW and that would be something else that they would need to add into their budget. So, um, so there's not a, um, so they, they can be sure how much a project is, is going to cost and not have to worry about you know that they, they say they like if we say we think this will take 20 and what if it takes you know 40 that they, they can't be sure how long it's going to take so um so that would be uh, a benefit um from the, the customer's perspective yeah, that consistency um, is and predictability yeah. Yes. Extremely valuable. Yeah. So it's much easier for them to plan ahead. And, and a lot of our customers are constantly thinking of um, the next thing to tackle. And so having our pricing where it's, you know, it's a fixed cost per project, um, that helps them and planning for the, and planning and budgeting for the next thing they want done. Yeah, there's no surprises. That's really, I think, the, the biggest benefit, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, getting back to some of those other services that you were discussing, um, it seems to me that one of the benefits for you guys is that those types of services are a lot more difficult, if not impossible, to commoditize and, and Eric and I have had a, an episode on that before, you know, where like, these are ways for you to differentiate yourself that are difficult for, um, you know, other people to kind of say, well, Hey, I, I do that too. And then all of a sudden it's just a, you know, the only differentiator then becomes, well, how much do you charge for it versus them right. charging for it? So yeah. it seems like a really valuable service and, it's really interesting that you guys provide that. Interesting. So Eric, do you have anything else on that? Any other questions? No, I don't. I think you've done a great job of talking about all my talking points for me. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one other, one other question and it's not related to that at all, but um, so I'm going to change gears a little bit here, but you know, at the time that we're recording this, um, NetSuite, the release um, 2021.1 is kind of on the horizon. And 
I'm sure you guys are messing around with the release preview and I know I have, um, but I was just curious about, is there anything that's coming up in that that you're aware of that you are like maybe really excited about or maybe the other way, you know, maybe you're like, oh no, <laughs> you're holding <laughs> your breath because you know, it could go either way, right? Or it could be a mix. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Every week we we post a um, a post on something cool that's coming up in the next release. Um, I was trying to think of of one that is really neat. I guess one one thing that uh, I just noticed is the way the roles are handled. When you and this might be, well, I, I thought this was cool, and then. Um, one of my coworkers pointed out that um, this really wouldn't apply to, you know, very much to an end customer who only has access to one account. Um, but if you have access to um, like 20 different accounts under one email address, um, which we try to prevent that from happening. Um, and you drop down the roles on the right side, it will only, but before it used to show you every role from every account you had access to, now it only shows you the roles of the account you're logged into, and then it shows you the account as one option for the other accounts instead of all the roles for other accounts. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I noticed that the other day, and it at first it kind of freaked me out because I thought, you know, uh oh, <laughs> you know. where did all your roles go? <laughs> right, yeah, but it's definitely a much cleaner and uh, just you know easier way to get logged in and select the right account and so on. Yeah, I'm. I'm another thing. I'm excited about the different changes um, that are being made to the suite analytics. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it seems it seems I'm, I'm excited to see that that NetSuite is putting an effort into continually improving that and and making that data useful and able to um, you know stick on your dashboard and and use in um, useful ways to get the data that a company needs. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I've noticed that too. It seems like a, an area of focus for them over the past several releases. And, you know, I think it's one of those things that the entire, like, regardless of what type of user you are, you know, there's benefit, you know, whether you're a developer or, you know, like somebody that's more involved in the accounting side or the order processing side, it's, it's very helpful and good to see, you know. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, that was the only other question I had. Right. Should we wrap things up? Yeah. Before we do that, TJ, where can people go if they want to find out more about you or Sweet Rep or, or get in touch? Yeah. Um, you can go to my website. Um, it's sweetrep.com, S-U-I-T-E-R-E-P.com. Um, and... I love connecting with with people on LinkedIn in a a sales free way to just just network. So important disclaimer. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
Um, so yeah, so people can feel free to, to reach out and, and connect and, and uh, I, I will never try to sell anything um, right. on LinkedIn and, unless you need something specific and ask me for it. Awesome. We'll, we'll definitely put those links in the show notes. And so, yeah, one last thing we like to wrap up with is sort of any, any sort of interesting or cool or fun thing that we've found recently, whether it's NetSuite related or not. So do you have something like that to share with us? Um, let's. Or should we make Tim go first? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'm trying to think how recently, um, and that this may be old news to both of you, or maybe we found this out by one of your posts somewhere. Um, but with, creating and this this is a sweet script thing with creating safe searches in a, a sweet script um just recently as in i don't know maybe six months ago uh we found this um this chrome plugin that when you create a uh safe search and save it then you can click on the plugin and it will give you the sweet script for that search. And you can, it'll give you the 1.0 and the two point whatever um, that you can just take in. You know, it may not be in the format you like to code in in sweet script, but it, it's really neat, especially if you have a, um, a, a really complicated safe search that you had to build out in the user interface to to nail down exactly what you need to see. And then you can just grab that sweet script and stick it in your code. So. Yeah, um, that's a great plugin. Yeah. Um, and just one, one other thing, I don't know. I don't think this is something recent that I found, but my, um, um, a, a while ago, my wife and I started doing a lot of, um, pickleball which might be well known at this at this point um but do do you you all know what pickleball is i do yeah, okay yeah. yeah it's very similar to tennis and evidently is i think i've heard it's the fastest growing sport in the u.s hmm. um, but easy to easy to play and easy to um to start learning so that's something that we have enjoyed doing a lot you want to go next Derek? i suppose i can i i think i've mentioned this mentioned all of these a few times now i am slowly but surely digging into the application called notion it's sort of a organization i don't even know how to describe it it's like a all-in-one note-taking composition organization tool. It's very powerful. It's very customizable. It's very hard to learn, uh, but I am investigating that and just sort of uh, testing the waters with sort of replacing a lot of the other disparate systems I use, calendars and task managers and um, 
know, uh, note taking wiki type stuff. And, and I'm experimenting with combining all that into, into notion. Um, and it's very cool. It's very interesting. It's very powerful. It's just, uh, I'm sort of taking my time, um, cause there's a lot to it. Um, and then I've also mentioned sort of a, a different, uh, note taking method or, or organization method called Zettelkasten, as well as, uh, this, this sort of, I'll call it reading comprehension strategy of progressive summarization. I'll have links in the show notes to all of these, but I'm seeing a lot of benefits already. Uh, it sounds like a lot and it probably is. I'm slowly sort of every day learning just a little bit, like one little thing about each of these and then trying to incorporate that into my workflow. And it's making uh, a big difference. Uh, which one? Zettelkasten? <laughs> Yes, please spell it. Uh, Z-E-T-T-E-L-K-A-S-T-E-N. It's a German German word. Or like note box, note box or something like that. Okay. Anyway, it's a, it's a note, sort of a knowledge organization method that rather than sort of the typical way we might think about sort of your knowledge base, wikis are very... Uh, hierarchical, very categorical, and then inevitably something like spans multiple categories. You don't have a category for it yet, or and it's really not the way we think. You know, it's not the way our brains work. Our brains have more of this networked web approach. You know, where it's like you have one thought that leads to another thought that then leads to another thought. They're not related by category or hierarchy. They're related by other connective material. And so it's, it's designed to work that way a little more, um, just work more like your brain. So it's supposed to help you, uh, help with the memory and retention and, and then, uh, refining ideas, you know? So for people who publish a lot of content and want to share a lot of stuff, um, it can help to organize your thinking a lot better and help you refine initial thoughts and initial, you know, resources, whether it's articles or video or whatever information format you take in, it can help you organize that and add it, you know, where you need it and surface it when you need it, when you are trying to refine your thinking. So that's a lot of stuff I know, but I'm taking it slow and I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of benefits so far. And I'm excited to see if I can uh, work it into a more regular part of my life. Sounds like things that just about anybody could benefit from. Yeah, it's nothing development related or anything like that. Although certainly knowledge organization is something any team can benefit from, including sweet script teams. Well, um, so my cool thing this week is it's a blog post that I stumbled upon um, titled Excel Never Dies, the spreadsheet that launched a million companies. It's by uh, Packy McCormick on the notboring.com uh, blog. And he's just got some interesting thoughts about Excel that I thought were <laughs> well, interesting. Um, for example, he, you know, some of the, I'm just going to read some of the, the like, sort of subtitles from the blog post, but one is Excel may be the most influential software ever built. Um, this one was interesting. Uh, Excel is the most popular programming language on earth. Uh, 
and then of course Excel will never die. <laughs> uh, so I never really thought of Excel that way. Uh, I, obviously it is everywhere for better or worse. Um, he talks about the history of spreadsheets, something he calls the spreadsheet wars. Um, and then of course, like most great blog posts, there is a thread on Hacker News where a lot of uh, people in that community sort of chimed in about all this. And uh, anyway, if uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing, and I'm always interested in, in, you know, how people are sometimes using a tool that like I would never think to use Excel for certain things, but I know some people live and, you know, breathe inside of that thing all day long. Um, mm -hmm. That might be something worth checking out. Uh, so I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Well, TJ, thank you very, very much for spending the time with us and sharing. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. And, you know, thanks for the great content that you've been sharing. Uh, Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. So awesome. Well, thank you. All right, and we will wrap up there. Join us again next time for another Sweet Script story.